This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Hi, I'm Dan Loney, host of Knowledge at Wharton on Sirius XM 111. Recently, we discussed the failure of Target in the country of Canada, having to close all 133 of their stores about a year and a half after opening. Joining us in the discussion, Dr. Barry Prentice, Professor of Supply Chain Management at the University of Manitoba in Winnipeg, and Denise Dahlhoff, Research Director of the Baker Retailing Center here at the Wharton School. Barry, I'll start with you. Uh, being up there in Canada, was this a bit of a, of a shocker, the fact that Target uh, just shuttered all these stores so quickly? Yeah, I don't think anybody uh, actually saw this coming. I mean, it, we knew that Target was having some growing pains uh, settling in, but they were in the process of opening brand new stores almost the week they started closing them. So it was certainly something that uh, I don't believe anybody saw coming. So then what was the failure that, that Target had up there? Boy, it's, it's, it's a case <laughs> for the marketing textbooks for sure, because it, it wasn't one thing. It was a lot of different things, and I think one of the complaints that we heard very widely from people is that uh, the shelves were, were empty. I mean, there was often cases where there wasn't the stock people wanted, and the prices were much higher than people had uh, experienced uh, driving south of the border. And perhaps this is where Target also uh, got misinformed because Canadians were driving south of the border in, in large numbers to shop at, at Target, and in fact, even my own daughter she was kind of misty-eyed about losing Target here because she <laughs> loves this store, and I think a lot of Canadians do, but what they love is the one that's south of the border where it has a better selection of prices. How much did you think that they thought the opportunity of having, I guess, the chain that had been in all of these locations, Zellers, they saw an opportunity to basically take over an existing property and they didn't have to build out as much. Obviously, they had to make a lot of changes within those stores, Denise, but it seemed like maybe they saw that as one of the benefits of making this move right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I think, because it seemed like a very fast move. Um, maybe this chain came up for, for sale and they took the opportunity. What I've also um, heard about the Canadian retail real estate market is that there aren't many uh, vacancies. Mm-hmm. So maybe they had been looking for a while and this just looked good and they they um, jumped on it. Barry, I'll let you play off of that because if is the is the market up there for retail space kind of tough to find? Well, I think it is, and, and certainly uh, Zellers had been going through problems for some time. It was uh, owned by Hudson's Bay, another retailer yep. up here, and had been uh, failing for some time. So it was certainly ripe to do something different, and uh, the, it did come up. It, it looked like a tremendous opportunity. I mean, everybody here thought, well, this makes sense, and, and we really should see them being successful. Again, it was back to execution, and, and on that point, I would raise the issue of the Canadian uh, geographic space. Uh, we're sort of like Chile sideways. You know, we're a very long, thin yeah. country yeah. in many ways. And so having distribution centers that you can actually serve your stores, because if they could have just extended U.S. distribution to the stores, it would have been easy because most of the cities are within 150 uh, kilometers of the border, but they couldn't do that. They had to have distribution in Canada. And, and that, I think, also was a complicating factor. So then I guess the, the next question, Denise, is Target as a whole, how, how did they kind of rebound from this after having the data breach a year earlier? 
Well, I, I think that the new CEO, Brian Cornell, is um, making bold decisions, and I think he's pleasing the board and the investors. So I think they will welcome this move, although, of course, they are incurring losses right now, wrapping up the operations there and having the fund for employees that they're um, that they are laying off. But I do think they're on a good path because, as I mentioned earlier, they are investing into online and mobile, yeah. which is, um, and they're also working on merchandise and the smaller urban formats. That's all on trend with what we see in retail development. So I think they will, they have a bright future ahead. One of the things, I guess, Denise, that you mentioned is the fact that uh, when you're talking about the Canadian landscape for retail, uh, there are ways to do it and then expand it off of that. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, J. Crew is an excellent example of that. They entered uh, um, Canada in 2000, I think it was 11, and they opened one store in Toronto because they knew they had a fan base there. Mm -hmm. They tested the waters. In fact, they got uh, feedback early on because also their prices were higher than in the U.S. Yeah. So people were upset, but they did respond. They actually lowered their um, their dues on their online orders, and they had a flat shipping fee. Um, so they appeased the customers and then rolled out more stores. They are now up to 16. And they also, at the beginning, they only had the women's line, and now they have men's there. So it's going really great. They learned the market and expanded from there. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.